I've got no shortage of ideas and just can't wait to like keep cranking them out. I mean, it's hard in this market. Like it's such a bear market right now, but I do believe the collectors will, will be there to collect the real good art, no matter whether it's a bear or bull market. And I'm here either way for sure for the long run. This is too, too much fun. It's home for me now. It just makes sense. I don't, I don't want to go back to doing client work and, uh, and I never really fit in the traditional fine art world either. Like this really is emerging of traditional fine art world and this digital landscape. And so I've always had one foot in both worlds and now they've combined. I'm like, oh, here I am. I'm home. Welcome to Airdrop, the show that'll help you understand what NFTs are, how they work, how to use them, and all that good stuff. I'm Rawion, and I'm here with my homie Phosphorus, and today we're talking with Jeremy Cower. Jeremy Cower was named the most influential photographer on the internet by the Huffington Post in 2014. Now, almost a decade later, he's now full-time in Web3. In this episode, Jeremy goes over how Web3 feels like home for him, which is kind of crazy because he's had a really intricate artistic career let's say uh he's been a graphic designer photographer painter web designer speaker nonprofit founder all kinds of stuff right and now with nfts and web3 it feels like everything he's done in the past is all coming together and has a purpose in his work today we're going to dive into one how jeremy found his way into web3 two we're going to talk about his Block Queen NFT collection. And lastly, we're going to talk about how artists can utilize NFT technology and Web3 for their careers. And a whole lot more. Yeah. If you're an aspiring artist thinking about how you can use NFTs, this interview will hit home. Lots of the same artistic and business principles that have been used by artists for generations apply to NFTs and Web3. Just like podcast hosts asking you to rate and review their podcast, it's a staple. <laughs> I see what you did there. Because getting good reviews is the easiest, most sustainable way to move up the podcast charts. So if you'd do us a favor and rate and review, we'd love that. If you want to stay up to date with everything we're doing, make sure you follow Airdrop on Twitter at Airdrop Show. All right, let's drop in. Hi, Jeremy. It's great to have you here on Airdrop. Thank you so much, man. It's good to be here. So we like to start the show with the same question we ask everybody, and that is, what is an NFT? Can you explain to us what an NFT is in the most simple language possible? I'm not great at that, but I know it's a non-fungible token. And, uh, you know, it's basically anything that is uh, unique and one of a kind. Like if I were to make a I the way I explain it is this if I were to make a piece of art and sign it and give it to you you know that that's authentic because it came from me it has my signature and it's a one of one came from the artist and so the same goes on the blockchain you know it's a receipt that you have that you own that JPEG even though anybody else can have it it's a receipt that's attached on the blockchain and it proves that you are the owner of that piece of art. Yeah, it's nailing down the provenance thing. This is the very first, this is where it is. Mm -hmm. This is where 
you can officially own something. And I think it's cool that now we can now own digital things and prove that we own that. I feel like that's a huge leap and unlock, especially in the digital art space. You've you've been a fine artist for going on two decades now, specializing in celebrity portraiture, humanitarian photography. You've really pushed the edge with your work using light and projection and photography in very interesting, very curious ways that I couldn't even imagine. You're just pushing the, the envelope here. But this isn't where you started. Could we get the short elevator pitch of the, the Jeremy origin story? Sure. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I've been around a long time. I am not young. So I've been many different careers. I've been a graphic designer, a painter, an illustrator, a photographer, a web designer, a speaker, a nonprofit founder, an app developer. I've done a lot of different things. Mostly photography is what I've done, but I've always been a painter and an abstract artist at heart. And so the NFT space is really just a way for me to finally kind of like release that beast in me that is the fine artist. And so that's what I've been uh, trying to do here lately. Your work really does, I don't know, you've done so many different things that I feel like NFTs and Web3 kind of all culminates all in one. All the graphic design, Mm -hmm. the pushing the boundaries with photography. Now you have this space to like experiment. Yes. And I know that getting into NFTs can kind of be confusing, hard to navigate. How did you find your way here? Yeah, some guys here in Nashville last year were the first to like chat with me about it. Of course, I first heard about it with the Beeple cell, like everybody else. And then it took me several months before somebody like was pushing me to get into NFTs. And so I did with the idea of like this guy like managing me, quote unquote, and uh, I would just focus on the art. He would focus on like promoting it. Um, that was a good idea in theory, but it did not work. And so I jumped in in August of 2021 and Gave it, you know, six weeks of fairly focused effort, and it was mildly successful, and I would say more of a failure. And so I I quit, like, cold turkey, like, just done, like, forever, kind of done. Like, I had no interest whatsoever. And so I quit, didn't even open, you know, Discord, Telegram, anything for months. And then in December, I went down to Miami for... Our Basel and this guy kept hitting me up on Instagram and he was wanting to chat about NFTs. He's now a dear friend of mine, bro. And I told him, I was like, man, I have no interest in discussing NFTs. I'm out. I tried it, jumped in the water, didn't like it. So I'm done. But we got together and he started talking about generative art. And I was like, wait, stop right there. Like, what is this generative art thing? Once, once I wrapped my head around that, I was like, oh, That's what I've been doing for like, you know, 15, 20 years. Like I know exactly how to do that. And so December of 2021 is really when I jumped in and I got obsessed to the point. It was like immersive learning for weeks and weeks on end and still is quite frankly. But I started learning how to make Genevar and decided to do a project, a drop called Block Queen's that we dropped in February, on February 22nd. And, you know, I spent just weeks putting that together. And it combined years of work that I already created, but to really, you know, curate it all and combine it and figure out the code with my partners at Transient Labs. Yeah, we dropped that in February and it sold out in two seconds. And so that like 
kind of forever changed my trajectory. And I think it was like that, that was like 190 E somewhere in there. It was like at the time, like 600 grand in profits, which was like life changing. Um, yeah. Yeah. It was crazy. And so I was like, okay, I guess this is what I do now for a living. And yeah, so it's all I've done since. It's all I think about. I'm now part of a lot of different projects doing collaborations and living my life on Twitter, Discord, Telegram, you know. Yeah. Block Queens is really cool. And there's a couple of different things like we can explore here because the project's been out for a little bit. It's a generative art project. It's got lots of different layers on it to create the queen. And you also have an augmented reality portion to it where somebody using a phone or through these different things, you can see the layers. Mm-hmm. Was that originally part of the concept? You wanted to integrate the AR technology to this? No, I didn't even know how to do AR when I made Black Queens. So it was just strictly uh, interactive NFT on OpenSea. We were one of the first on OpenSea to be fully interactive like that. In fact, I haven't seen any other project to this day that's quite as interactive as Black Queens is. There are a few that you can like click and it'll wobble or like, I don't know, just some really goofy things. But then I saw my friend Ruben Wu was doing some cool stuff with AI. And I was like, how is he doing that? It didn't make any sense. And finally he um, tagged an app he was using. I went and researched that app, learned how to use it. And I was like, oh, yeah, this makes a lot of sense. And so I learned that pretty quick and figured out how to make all the block queens fully augmented reality. And so when you scan your phone or scan a print, all the layers like come off the print so you can explore them in 3D. Um, and then I can also like plop or place a Black Queen anywhere IRL. So on a desk or on the beach or on a, at a bar in a backyard, like it's pretty cool. Like there aren't many NFTs you can like set up in real life and like make videos with them and interact with them. So I'm trying to do things different. That's for sure. I mean, I think I think different is just in how you do art. I think you've really embraced that artistic notion that you don't need to fit into one thing. Okay. And and block queens definitely do that. Have you, honest question, you don't have to say yes to this, but are you watching that collection over time as it gets more popular and you see the price go up? As an artist, is there some sort of resonance with that? Or is it just you drop it, let it go, and... Whatever happens, happens. Yeah, no, I've become a collector, and so I collect a ton of other projects. And because I'm a collector, it's only in my nature to also, like, watch the floor price of Black Queens. I know you're not supposed to as an artist, but I can't help but pay attention. So, like, this week we've actually had a really good run, especially because everything else is tanking in this market. So the fact that Block Queens is doing really well has been just crazy encouraging. So, yeah, no, I definitely pay attention and, and kind of watch it. Not obsessively, but, yeah, I'll check in every couple of days and see see what's up. I think we're seeing that resurgence now that we're in kind of like a bearish market. The market's kind of downturned. You're going to see more people go to fine art to really hold value. And I think, again, I have no reason. I have no idea why. I don't have a crystal ball to see why it's rising. But I do think it's your 
your you've injected yourself in a very interactive way into the Web3 community and people are starting to take notice and now they're like, hey, how do we get how do we get the Genesis piece, right? Especially yeah. that that uh that Providence thing you alluded to. Now we want the first and here and I don't know. I think it's really cool. Speaking of like interactivity, you went to VCon. Mm-hmm. You went and you brought the whole setup with all the stuff and you had a whole studio. What happened? Yeah, I reached out to VCon and asked if I could set up backstage and do portraits of all the speakers. And so it definitely was not a public thing. It was a very private kind of high-end offering to all the speakers. And even then it was, gosh, a ton of people that I photographed. Too many, really, because now I'm stuck with all the editing that I still weeks later have not gotten through. And so it's an insane amount of work because I I do a process that shoots just at 20 frames a second. So I think I came home with like 20,000 photos. Wow. Which is insane because I've always approached my photographer. And I hate to use these terms because the the age we're living in, but it's the only, it's the only words I can think of. But, you know, people say shooting because we shoot with our cameras. But in the past, I, I've taken a very, gosh, again, I apologize for this word. I just can't think of another use. But I approach my photography like a sniper, like one good photo at a time. That's how I've always approached photography, like one shot, like paid, like focus and get the shot. But this process that I'm doing now is a very just, you know, just machine gun, like shooting at 20 frames a second. So for that reason, I come home with just so many photos and it's exhausting to edit and deal with. But it just the, the process requires it. So later this year, there's a reason that I'll have all these photos to work with. And so but it's a lot. It's a whole lot. It's way overkill. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm probably speculating here, but does that have anything to do with the the lithograph that you have created? Are you using someone in there? Yeah, I maybe. I mean, I, I use that process to photograph it, but there's all kinds of other things I can do creatively with the results. And so they might be lithographs, they might be gifts, they might be mixed media paintings. I'm not really sure yet. I'm just gonna kind of let loose and go off and see what happens. Wow. Okay. I saw on Twitter, you kind of wanted to do like a yearbook with these photos. Is mm-hmm. is that what you're kind of trying to encapsulate here at the beginning? Yeah, it'll be my own version of a yearbook because there is actually a yearbook project coming out called NFT yearbook that is more like a traditional sense of what you'd expect for yearbook. So this is really like my own little portrait version of a yearbook. So yeah, I'm excited to, to explore it and see what happens. That also is going to be just a ton of work. I'm a little overwhelmed by it, but I think it'll be cool if I can pull it off. Going to VCon, I'm sure, was a huge experience just because I feel like all of the NFT world was there. What were some of the big takeaways for you as an artist entering this world? Yeah, I mean, I really didn't attend the conference at all, even though I was like backstage by the green rooms and all that. I really was in my own little world. But VCon was as impressive as as it gets. They really had their crap together and I was very organized and professional. I could not have been more impressed because I have done other a lot of other conferences, especially throughout my career for other things. So yeah, VCon was, was very well done. And then I'm doing NFT in New York. I'm doing likely Metaverse Miami. 
there's one in Nashville called Future Fest that I'll be doing. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm all in. You are a hundred percent into web three. Now there's, there's no turning back. No. <laughs> what is it about web three and say blockchain technology that gets you excited for artists, both new and old? The list is long. I mean, it's like we've been finally given our home. You know, we can make the work we love and sell it to a worldwide audience and make royalties, which is huge. I mean, yeah, it's like a dream come true. I can't believe that I just get to come to the studio and make art and, and sell it as NFTs. And um, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And so it's hard. I mean, the learning curve is steep. And you are not by any means guaranteed success, but the potential for success is pretty astounding if you really, really work hard and and have a vision for where you're going and know what you're doing and have the right partners in place can be really, really amazing. Yeah, I feel like there's still some of the same fundamentals are always still there, but, you know, success and hard work and dedication, having a vision, when resistance comes, kicking it in the face and continuing to, to make Um, You have a tweet that I kind of want to bring up real fast. You said, I've been thinking a lot about style this week. Does an artist have to stick to a vibe? Personally, I don't think so. My next one of one drop will be wildly different than anything else. Mm -hmm. I just follow the ideas no matter where they are. Art shouldn't have rules. Now, when I was starting to get in this creative field, right, that I constantly teach you to like niche down, like niches are where the riches are when you're first starting. Do you think NFTs maybe allow for more experimentation? Should artists still continue to niche down to make a name for themselves or just create and see what happens? It's a good question and a loaded one. I mean, there is no one answer for all artists. Like if there, there are certain artists that if I were to consult, I would think like they need to stick to their, their thing and their, you know, they got a vibe going like, do that through and through. And then there's some artists that do try to do a lot of different styles and it just becomes lost. You just lose sight of who they are and what they're doing and where they're trying to go. And it ends up looking like high school level art because they're trying to master so many different things that it just doesn't go together. So it really depends on artists and the, and the work and the situation. For me, I'm already and very purposely introducing different types of work to the NFT space. I'm like, yes, here's my very abstract, loose block queens. But then my first one of one NFT was just a portrait of my daughter. No art, no, no drawings, no trickery. I mean, trickery and lighting, but very straightforward visually. And so now my next projects will will also be very different. My goal as an artist to kind of like create this thing where you really don't know what to expect next. And, you know, that's, that's kind of like my thing, but I don't think all artists should, should go that direction. Some should. Alpha Centauri kid comes to mind. He's doing some very different type of work. So yeah, I think it just depends on the artist. So it's almost it's almost as if you need to get your 10,000 hours in on one thing before you branch out, before you really experiment. Yeah, maybe so. Yeah. Cuz there is there is something with experimentation and getting there, but my fear for the NFT space is we just all of our quote-unquote artists just look like high school drawings. 
Yeah. Where everyone's trying to make it and in doing so they're not putting in the real work of honing yeah. their craft because I've talked to so many people on the internet about this because IRL friends don't quite get it yet. But all the people on the internet, there's there's something with NFTs that's awakened a spark of creativity in them. Mm-hmm. There's something about like, oh, I too am creative. Mm-hmm. I too have this in me. And I, I think in that early first stage, there is a bunch of experimentation, just doing what clicks. And I don't know. I'm encouraged that a whole... A whole other part of the population is now coming into their own creative identity that that probably wasn't tapped before. Yeah. You've definitely pioneered some new things and new spaces. Do you feel yourself almost bursting at the seams with creativity? Uh, yeah, I mean, honestly, I think I, I think I do. I do feel like I'm bursting at the seams. I've got <laughs> no shortage of ideas and just can't wait to like keep cranking them out yeah it's really fun i mean it's hard in this market like it's such a bear market right now but you know i do believe the collectors will will be there to collect the real good art no matter where whether it's a bear or bull bear or bull market and i'm here either way for sure for the long run this is too too much fun it's home for me now it just makes sense i don't i don't want to go back to doing client work and uh and I didn't, I never really fit in the traditional fine art world either. Like this really is emerging of traditional fine art world and this digital landscape. And so I've always had one foot in both worlds and now they've combined. I'm like, oh, here I am. I'm home. That's pretty mm. great. That's, yeah, that has to be really nice. In your own opinion, what, what can we do to get more people involved in Web3, artists and collectors? Yeah, it's a great question. I think... You just have to educate, like the PFP project on my BFF, been really inspired by the way they've done it. You know, they've really educated women in the space how to get on board, set up their MetaMask wallets, like the whole deal, like just getting them up to speed. That needs to be multiple ad times a thousand, you know, like different platforms, educating new audiences how to do this because it's hard. I mean, it's still... This, the hoops you have to jump through are just insane. Like, there are days I find myself, like, you know, with my ledger wallet out and trying to go into the settings on my ledger and do all this really geeky steps to just buy the thing and then pay my gas fee. And I mean, it's just like, it, it's so far removed from like going to Amazon and just click buy now. Like, it just does yeah. not work that way. So, yeah. I think we've got, it's got to get a lot simpler very quickly. Uh, we had another interview and somebody was saying how this feels like 1996 again, but now it's instead of owning NFTs and having a wallet, it's in 1996, it's having an email address. Yeah. And it, we feel like we're at that precipice again, knowing that this is inevitable. The technology works and the benefits are outrageous yeah. for, for artists and collectors alike. And we're going to see it just, everything will be become, you know, hooked to the blockchain and we're just mm-hmm. so early and it's going to have its ups and downs like everything else. But the, um, I agree with what you said that people that are searching for the good art, no matter what are going to find it mm-hmm. yeah. no matter where they're going. How do, 
How do you think an artist can put themselves out there to attract the right attention? Are there any steps you found out through this process? Yeah, I mean, a lot. That answer is very traditional as well. Like, you got to innovate. Like, you got to figure out what your vision is. You got to innovate and aggressively put your work out there. Get on Twitter spaces every day. Be present. Be in discords and different communities. You know, this really, really is a big family, for better, for worse. Like, (laughs) you got to be a part of the family. Um, And if you're not, you're just not going to get seen or, or heard. But yeah, it helps if your work doesn't suck. You know, you got to you got to make something because there's so much good work now that almost starts to blend together. That's why innovation is so important. You got to do things that are worthy of talking about. Mm. Yeah, there's just so much work out there. Do things worth talking about. That's really good. Is there anything else that you want to hit on before we wrap it up? I want to give you this time and space to... No, I'm just cranking away on more projects. I've got another one-of-one coming out either this week or next week on Super Rare and lots of other projects in the works. So, yeah, just cranking away. Yeah, do you find that certain marketplaces work better for certain things? Yeah, I mean, it's all... I feel like Super Rare is the premium for one-of-one art. OpenSea is better for, you know, large collections like I did my Black Queens on. There's... You know, the whole Solana community, which I love Solana. I just haven't started my work there yet. A maker's Place has its own vibe. Foundation has its own vibe. Cheaper fees now on Foundation, which is great. But yeah, you just got to kind of figure out what's best for you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Everything's evolving so fast, and we're like embracing this new technology, but still some of the core tenets of yeah. art and business are still the same, right? Yeah. Put yourself out there, find the right places to put your work and continue to be helpful in mm. in the community. Yeah. And I think those those key tenants, that applies to your whole life, not just web three, not just NFTs. Exactly. And all this all these things. Yep. Yeah. All right. So where can people find your work? Where can people learn more? Tell people what, what you got going on. Yeah, I'm at Jeremy Cowart on all the socials. Um, the link on my bio for Instagram and Twitter, like that has links to all my Discord and Subaru and OpenSea and all of that. So yeah, just add Jeremy Cowart on, on socials. Awesome. Thanks, Jeremy, for spending some time with us. Of course. And we'll talk to you later. All right, man. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to Airdrop. If you want to know more about Jeremy Cower's work, we put a link in the description below. Make sure to follow Airdrop on Twitter at Airdrop Show. And please, please, please rate and review the podcast wherever you're listening to podcasts because that helps us find more people, helps more people find us, and we can all learn how to use NFTs together. And remember, inspiration is everywhere. We just tend to tune it out. Wow.